So guys, um, as Jess said, or, or I don't know if she said it, but at, there's a banner at the back of the church as you go out in the courtyard, and it's for Easter. Can you believe it? Easter is in just in four weeks' time. And so this is a really exciting time in our church. It's also a busy time. Uh, we have lots of people coming through the church doors, um, joining us for the Easter services, and it's all about celebrating Jesus. And so uh, what we want to do is we want to ask you after the service if you could go and book your seats for Easter. The reason is because the services get busy, then we can tell people which services there's seats available, and we can just make sure that we've got enough space for everyone. And then Easter is a great time for you to invite friends. People are open to coming to church on Easter, and it's all about celebrating Jesus, and so they're going to they're gonna really uh, hear the gospel be encouraged, their life can be changed. A lot of people say that the reason why they haven't been to church, no one invited them. And uh, we can be the, the difference. And so um, there's cards that you can go and you, and you can uh, um, invite someone. Um, we're actually collecting Easter eggs. So you can bring boxes of Easter eggs, strips of Easter eggs. And what we're doing is we're stapling the, the invitation to an Easter egg. And then we 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 giving invites out in schools to invite people to come and be with us at our Easter services. Is that cool? Great. Then, um, also remember to book. I, I know I'm speaking about this a lot, but it's important that, we, that we're all uh, um, doing this together. Um, remember, when you book your seats, book for the people that you're inviting. Book for them. They'll come. Trust God. Um, and if they don't come, you invite somebody else to fill those seats. On your seat. Okay, you would, have, you would have found a little piece of paper which says God can. God can work in people's lives. And so we, we must extend an invitation to them. So right now, why don't you just take that piece of paper. There's a pen in the, in the chair behind you. Think about who you can invite. If you don't do it now, you probably won't do it. Uh, well, at least that's true for me. Um, Got to do it there and then. And then at the end of the service, you can pop it in the, um, in the bucket at the back. And we're going to pray for those people. Okay? Let's pray right now. Let's believe God for, for what he's going to do um, over the Easter services. God, thank you, Lord. Thank you that we can come together as a church, as a family, and we can just lift you up at Easter time. And, Lord, we just pray, Lord, that, Lord, you would show us who you want us to invite. God, we pray that you would prepare their hearts, that, Lord, as they receive the invite, Lord, that they would, they would just say yes, and um, that, Lord, they would be drawn by your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Cool. And God bless the, the word. I forgot to pray for the word. <laughs> may he speak to us, and um, um, may, we, may he help us to, to know him better and love him better. Amen. Cool. Well, guys, we've got a special treat today. We've got our missionaries, Bradley and Andrea Sinclair, all the way from Zambia. So I'm going to call them up on the stage. And um, just to tell you about them, they, um, they have an awesome little boy who's two, who's two years old, Jonti. And very exciting, they have an, a, a, an, another little one on the way. <coughs> And so um, these guys are an incredible couple. They love Jesus. They're pouring their lives into church planting in Western Zambia, uh, Bible translation. And uh, they've also just launched a radio station, 
which is used to disciple Christians who are living in seriously remote areas. And so, um, guys, if you don't mind, won't you tell us a bit about um, what you do at the Zambia Project, uh, what have been some of the highlights over the past year, and what are some of the goals for the new year? Thank you. Sorry, useless. Thanks, James. And James, James, you're such a brother and a good friend. And just honor James and Jess. They have invested for so many years into Zambia. Thanks. And we're seeing so many fruits in Zambia. Uh, my wife and I, my wife and I, not my wife, um, we, we get to work in the villages. And it's such a privilege. We, we work with the church planting, as James mentioned, with the translation. And over the last year, we've seen incredible growth where churches are planting churches. And these are completely, completely unreached areas. It's not like there's an, 10 other churches in the area, but it's where people walk two, three, four days to find a life-giving church. And through, through amazing teams, through James's investments, through our team's investment over the years, through so many people being generous, we're starting to see churches that are, are, are being life-giving and going on and planting more churches in the area. So over the last year, we've seen another 30 churches um, yeah, 30 churches being planted. It's incredible. Over the, even this last week, we're getting messages being sent by our team there saying, hey, look at this. And they're in these far out areas. It's not like they've just four by four for a few hours, but this is the guys that go on boats through floodplains. They go, they wade through water with crocodiles. And it's, it's just crazy. And we're finding new churches, new areas that are just hungry and desperate for God and just saying, hey, we also want a church. Hey, we also want, this, this is the truth. This is what we want. Um, so it's, it's a really exciting. And to go along that, I, I remember chatting with you and 4 by 4 out in the villages and talking, how do we support so many churches? At the moment, we are around 145 churches. How do we support that? And God has opened a door after a door after a door. And just last month, we managed to launch a full-on radio station called Hope FM. And uh, Hope with the tower, yeah, I think God needs a clap for that. Uh, with a full-on tower, studios, broadcasting, and these, this station is there to, to be able to continue to broadcast life-giving messages, discipleship content, leadership content, just to, to support those churches so that as, they, as we, we go forward, you know, part of the dream is to see a life-giving church within walking distance of every village in Western Zambia. So this is just another step on that. Sorry, I'm yeah. talking a lot. Along with that, um, we've built or busy building a training center. Um, so in the past, what would happen for all the leaders to get together, to encourage each other, to equip, help equip each other, sometimes they had to walk two or three days um, to, to get and meet together because we're just talking vast, vast, vast areas. Um, so we're wanting to build this, this training center where it's central and people, all the leaders can come together, can meet with each other, can encourage each other. And we just want to say a huge, huge, huge thank you to, to all of you for helping that happen and for the big drive you did. So thank you so, so much. And it's really going to make a, a big difference in that area. So along with that, um, I think many, many years ago, James and Jess, they pioneered the translation project. Um, where there's five languages, five previously unwritten languages that are going to be translated um, into the New Testament. And just this last year, we finished the draft of the whole New Testament of all languages. Yeah. 
So, yeah, so that's not, we are so excited about what God's doing, but we're also excited about what we think He's going to be doing and what we get to be involved in. So over the next year, we're hoping to see another 30 to 40 churches planted this year. We want to see the, end, the, the finishing of that training center. The radio station's going to be adding new towers on so we can broadcast to new areas. So we're really excited about going forward, and we hope that you pray with us, that you walk with us. And I know there's a team coming, so we hope you can join. And thank you so, so much for your continued investment, prayers, and involvement uh, this is like, we've been so excited to come to Markbos. It's like we, it's like a family we haven't met. It's cousins. And so we, we're really glad to be here. Thank you. Awesome. Let's give him another hand. Okay. Isn't that so good, eh? Pouring their lives into, into reaching unchurched people, um, unreached places, and just mind-blowing to hear what God is doing. And um, just, uh, we really... Love you guys and honor you guys and appreciate um, that you're on the front line. And we want to pray for you this morning. Can we do that? Lord, thank you, Lord, for, uh, for Brad and Andrea. And Lord, thank you for the work that you're doing through them in Zambia. Thank you that they've answered your call and said, um, here I am, Lord, send me. And Lord, we just want to pray for them, Lord. We want to pray, Lord, that you would bless them that you would strengthen them and refresh them while they're here in South Africa. Lord, we pray that you would provide for all their needs. Provide for all their needs, Lord. Um, thank you that, that you are our provider. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you would continue to make a way, Lord, that, Lord, the, the gospel would go forth and, and the radio station and the, the Bible translation would, would, would be used by you to change many lives. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord, we just... Thank you now. We just agree, Lord, that we're trusting you for your blessing upon their lives in all areas. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, guys, um, just they, they're here in South Africa, and what they, they do is they, they come back every year, and they've got to raise funds for the work that they're doing. It takes a lot of resources, as you can imagine, to reach these remote areas. And um, if you would like to partner with them, um, after the service, they'll be by the Easter banner, and um, you can go and chat to them and, and ask questions and just find out how you can partner with them. This is a good investment in God's kingdom. Amen. Awesome. Um, just refueling. So guys, we're in a series called Unstoppable. Unstoppable. It's a cool, cool name for a series. And, you know, it just made me think, what is, what is unstoppable? And I, I had a, a few thoughts that came to mind. Uh, if you're in school, homework probably feels unstoppable. No matter, no matter how much you do, you just don't get to the end of it. Um, if you're a parent of a kid who loves to talk, it can feel like every conversation is unstoppable. I actually remember this one time that um, we drove, um, Rachel was about two or three years old, and we drove about nine hours through the middle of nowhere, and it was, it was like from the time we left um, till, till like the end of the journey, it was just one continuous monologue from her, and she just kept talking and talking, and, and after nine hours, it actually broke me. It broke me. I lost it, and she's like, what's up with dad, you know? But um, it can feel unstoppable. 
but we love it. Um, paying bills can feel unstoppable. Uh, growing, aging, dying, these are all things that when we hear of them, we think these are unstoppable. But deep down, we know that all these things will actually end. The Bible says that heaven and earth will fade away. Um, but guys, there's, there's some things that won't end. There's some, some things that are truly unstoppable. Jesus said, I will build my church. And so we know that his church is unstoppable. We heard last week that his word um, is unstoppable. His word will remain forever. And we know that his kingdom will never end. And so why do we need to know this? Why do we need to know that these things are unstoppable? It's because then I can know where to invest my time and my energy. I can bank on these things because I know that they're going to last forever. Amen? And so today we're going to look at God's unstoppable kingdom. And there's a verse in Luke chapter 1, verse 33, where the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and says, you're going you're gonna to be... Um, you're going to have a, a, a baby boy, and this is going to happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he says this, The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Jesus' kingdom will never end. And so we know that when he came to earth, he, in a sense, brought God's kingdom to this earth. But when he died on the cross, the kingdom didn't end. But the kingdom continues forever. It's unstoppable. And so the kingdom of God was actually the main message of Jesus' teachings. And he, he spoke about it he, uh, more than a hundred times. It's written in all the gospels. And uh, this is a verse we read in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. So just to set a bit of a context, um, John the Baptist had been preaching and now he, has, he was arrested and now Jesus starts to preach, and he says in verse 17, Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. That was the start of his preaching. And it sounds harsh, you know. The first words of Jesus' teaching is, Repent. Turn from your sins. Stop the bad things you're doing. But do you know that that message was actually good news? It was very good news to the ones who were hearing it, the Jews. You see, for them, this was a huge, huge announcement. You see, because hundreds of years um, before that, they had been told by the prophets that a king was coming and that he was going to do something awesome. And at that time, they were under Roman rule. They had to pay heavy taxes to corrupt rulers. The religious leaders weren't doing their jobs. They, they, were, they weren't walking with God themselves, so they couldn't, you know, lead the people to God. And so the people were, uh, many of them were poor, and many of them were living without hope. And so when Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is near, they would have stood up. They would have turned their heads. What? You're saying the kingdom of heaven is near? That's incredible. That would mean the end of Roman rule, and they could go back to, to being their own nation. That meant they would have their own king, that they would once again, uh, it would be their land, the land of milk and honey. They could have uh, a piece of land to farm. They could be prosperous, and they would be God's people once again, and they once again, they would be 
um, walking in God's plan for, for them as a nation. And so many of them actually thought it was a political thing. They thought, you know, because Jesus has come, now we're going to be on top. We're going to be the, the big guys again. That's what they thought that Jesus was saying. Now we read it 2,000 years later, and often when we hear about the kingdom of God, we, we think of it as something abstract. You know, the kingdom of God is out there. You need a theological degree to, to understand it, you know. It's, pie in the, it's like pie in the sky when, while the angels fly by. It's, it's, it doesn't always sink in that, that this is, thanks, Saki. It doesn't always sink in that this is a real kingdom. It's not abstract. The kingdom of God is with us every single day. So I want to just remind us this morning that the kingdom of God is present everywhere the king's ways are being done on this earth. Kingdom of God is present everywhere the king's will and the king's ways are being done on this earth. And the kingdom of God is present wherever Jesus' teachings are being heard and being lived out. So the kingdom of God is present when, um, when we practice generosity. The kingdom of God is present when, when we care for someone who's going through a difficult time. The kingdom of God is present when we share our faith, when we... Um, when we invite someone to Easter. Kingdom of God is present when we forgive someone who's wronged us. Kingdom of God is present when we, when we come to church and we, we enter into his courts with thanksgiving and praise. The kingdom of God is present. It's real. You know, if you asked a, a Christian on the street, um, what, what do you think was the main message of Jesus' teachings? They might say, you know, that God loves us so much. And, and obviously that's true, but the problem is that sometimes it becomes about us, you know, it's just about us. But the gospel that Jesus taught was also about the king. It was about the king and his kingdom. And the, the main message of Jesus' teachings was that the kingdom of God is here and it's available to everyone. Cool. So, you know, sometimes it can be quite difficult to, to relate to the idea of a kingdom. We might think of um, Prince Harry and Prince William and uh, nice parties, amazing food, you know, cupboard full of Nutella. That's what I think of. Um, and it, it's, it's not actually a picture of the kingdom of God. We were privileged to, to live in, in Mongu with, with Brad and Andrea. And um, living in Zambia gave us an interesting perspective of what a kingdom is all about. The, um, the Western Zambia is part of the Barotsi land kingdom. And the kingdom has more than a million people, and they love their king. Wherever you go to the, to the furthest corner of the province, they, they, they love their king. They're loyal to their king. And so sometimes if we were starting a new project or we were, we were going to a new area, what we would have to do is we would have to go and, and see the king or one of his representatives and, and just tell him about the work we wanted to do. And then he would advise or, or um, say yes or no or whatever. And it was always so, so interesting because there was these funny rules and customs that you had to observe when you go there. Um, like um, you, you have to sit on the floor, but you're not allowed to cross your legs. 
So now you, you, you're sitting there the whole time thinking, don't cross your legs, don't cross your legs. He's going to, because it's disrespect, you know. And then uh, when, you, when you arrive, you're outside, you go down and you clap. And then you wait for the clap to come from inside the house. And then you go inside and then there's another doorway, go down again, clap. It's, it's a happy, clappy place. And then, and then my favorite was that when you leave, you're not, allowed to, you're not allowed to turn your back on the king or the queen. So you have to walk backwards. So it's, it can be a far distance to, to the door or the gate, but you're just walking backwards. Okay, bye. See you later. It just feels like you're not actually leaving, you know? It's like, okay. But the thing that always stood out to me was that the heart of the king was not to be difficult, but the heart of the king was to serve his people. And when we would go there, we would be, oh, we would, they, they, they would want to know certain things. Is what you're going to do uh, helpful to our people, or is it going to hurt our people? Are you going to exploit our people, or are you going to add value to their lives? You see, they were looking out for the people's interests. And you know what? It made me think about God. God is a good king. He's a good king. He has plans to prosper us, not to harm us. He wants to give us a hope and a future. The Bible says he's the king of, of all the earth, to the ends of the earth. He's king. And his understanding, none of us can, can figure out. And uh, it says that, he, that to, the, to the, the weak and the weary, he gives power and strength. That is the king that we serve. And he sees what's going on. He's concerned about all people. And when he sees them suffering and struggling, he wants to do something about it. He comes down. He sends others. And he does something about it. He walks alongside them. So we can trust in the goodness of our king. We might not always see and understand what the king is doing. But we can trust that he knows what he's doing, and he's got a good plan for our lives. Amen. So when we were uh, first uh, dreaming about the Bible Translation Project, there was a chief in one of the districts, and he didn't want to speak to us. You know, he, he, he greeted us, but we, we could see when we spoke to him, he was nervous, like suspicious of, of these people, you know. And so we, we actually went to uh, where the palace was, and we, we spoke to the king's representatives. And they were excited about the Bible translation because they knew it was going to help their people, and it was going to help preserve uh, languages. And um, what they did was they actually gave us a letter with a stamp on it. It was the king's stamp. had an elephant on it. And uh, we took this letter. And when I went to the, the chief in this district, and I showed him the letter, and he saw the stamp, he said, Whatever you want to do, go for it. We support you. We're with you. And isn't that a cool picture of what God has done for us through Jesus? You see, you, if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior and your King, then He has made you a citizen in His kingdom. He has made you a citizen in His kingdom. And I love how Colossians puts it in chapter 1, verse 13 to 14. It says, for He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. And, and I just think this is one of the most important verses in the Bible. 
I think we should all like memorize this. If you forget everything else, write this down, study it, think about what it means. You see, it says that he, if, if this, is, this uh, represents me, he, he took me out of this kingdom. He moved me into another kingdom. So he took me out of a kingdom where there was fear, where there was uh, control and um, selfishness. And he moved me into another kingdom where there's light, where there's freedom, where there's love, where there's Jesus' power. Isn't that incredible? And it says that in this kingdom, there's total forgiveness and freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from, what, from, freedom from whatever we struggle with. So I might feel like... Um, I'm always feeling guilty, you know, I, I keep messing up, I feel like a failure, but this verse tells me that I'm in his kingdom and there's total forgiveness. And sometimes I struggle with that, you know, I, 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 something happens and I feel like it puts distance between me and God and I feel like maybe God is upset, or, um, but that's not what this verse says. It says we, we're in the kingdom of his son where there's freedom and forgiveness. Freedom from bad habits. Sometimes we might feel like, like our habits, we just keep doing them again and we're and we, we, we surely disappointing God. The Bible says he offers forgiveness. And he says, you know what? I will help you overcome this. I will help you be yoked to me and we'll walk through this together. There's freedom from the power that habits have over us. Does that make sense? Freedom from shame, stuff that we hope no one will find out about, stuff that we think we're the only one who's, who's, who's going through this. Freedom from fear, fear of yesterday, fear of tomorrow. You might say, well, James, you don't know my family. My family is like, seriously messed up, you know, generations, there's, there's alcohol, there's addiction, and uh, just, it just keeps getting passed down. Uh, or you might say in my family, there's, there's spirit. My, my, my parents or my grandparents were involved in spiritual things that were dodgy. And uh, I always feel like I'm under attack. Yes, but the Bible says he took you out of the kingdom of darkness. He moved you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his son, where there's freedom, where there's love, and where there's his power. And so there's nothing more that you have to do. God's stamp, just like that king, God's stamp is on your life. And he says, you're part of my kingdom. And you know what? Once we embrace this, once we, we understand this, we can, we can be free. And we can live in freedom. We can get growing. And we can even start to be part of building his kingdom. And it says in, in uh, the next verse, um, it says, continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. So let's look at what Jesus taught about the kingdom. Jesus loved to tell stories, uh, parables. It was a little story with a, with a spiritual meaning. And one day his disciples asked him, why, why do you always uh, tell parables? And uh, he said, and, and part of the reason I think is because stories go straight to the heart. They don't go to our heads, they go to our hearts. And then we got we got to stop afterwards and think, what does that mean, you know? But it first goes to the heart. 
Also, Jesus didn't want us to be lazy. And he wanted people to think and search for the truth. And so here's one of the parables that Jesus used to teach us about God's unstoppable kingdom. Matthew 13, verse 31. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree, and birds come and make um, nests in its branches. Isn't that cool? So it's the smallest of all seeds. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's so tiny, we can't even imagine that the potential that's in that tiny seed. And when you plant it, it seems like nothing's happening. Days go by, years go by, it seems like nothing's happening. But you know what? It's silently growing. And one day it's, it, it, it comes up. And then one day you look and you go, whoa, it's a tree. And there's like birds in the branches. They're tweeting. And um, I can actually sit under the tree, get some shade. And that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. It becomes a significant tree. And, it can, and it's the same for us in our lives. It starts off as something small. You come to church, you get something. Just something stands out to you. Um, and maybe it's afterwards, you're having coffee, you're having a conversation with something, and something just touches your heart. Do you know what? A little seed has been planted in your heart. And if you allow that seed to take root, what happens is it's, it's, it silently grows, silently grows. And then one day you look and you go, whoa, the kingdom of God is actually growing in my life. That's what happens. Or you can plant a seed in someone else's life. It could be a conversation, could be an act of kindness. Maybe it could be an uh, invite to Easter services and a seed is planted. During COVID, one of our, our groups actually um, visited the Volverifia community. And uh, Lisa heard that some of the teenagers needed toiletries. And so the church got involved and said, we can help, you know, um, a few youth with with toiletries, it's, 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 it seemed quite small, you know, like insignificant. But it's, it's easy for us to do that. We'll do it. Last week, Saturday, so after two years of, of just being involved, helping with toiletries, last week, Saturday, we had our first view group among those youth. Because more than toiletries, people need hope. More than toiletries, people need Jesus. And so we went over on Saturday. We were excited to meet up with the teenagers. There was a group of us. And um, we, we expected to meet with about seven teenagers. There was close to 70 youth that came. And we shared the gospel. And what was a small seed has become a tree. And more seeds are being planted. And that's how the kingdom of God grows. That's how the kingdom of God works. Whatever we sow in God's kingdom, whatever we sow in God's kingdom will grow. So I want to encourage us to do uh, three things as we put this into, into practice in our lives. And the first is get to know your king. Get to know your king. There is a king. It's not you. <laughs> and we need to get to know him. So maybe you're here this morning and you haven't yet taken that step to actually start a personal relationship with the king. And today you can do that. Maybe today you say, today's the day I'm going to start a relationship with the king.
Or maybe you have a relationship with God, but you need to invest more time in getting to know your king and building your, your relationship. You need to, to dig deeper. Um, I heard this, this quote this week that the, short, the, the, the longest distance between two points is shortcut. And that's certainly true when it comes to getting to know your king. If we think we can, we can shortcut this one, it, it, it's, you can't, you, you'll struggle to live uh, life in the kingdom if you don't know your king. So get to know your king. It's the greatest privilege ever. And it doesn't have to be a long stretch in your day. It doesn't have to be uh, boring. Uh, we've got a pastor friend who, um, you know what he does every day? He, he has coffee with Jesus. He has coffee with Jesus. I don't know if he, if he makes coffee for Jesus or if he just shares. I don't know. But he has coffee with Jesus. You know, I can do that. I like coffee. I can sit and have a chat with Jesus. Maybe you love surfing. You can go surfing with Jesus. Maybe you love walking your dog. You can walk your dog with Jesus. Put worship in your ears, Bible on your phone. And get to know your king. I love what David says in Psalm 27 verse 8. And I like how the, the New Living puts it. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Lord, I am coming. Then we've got to get to know the king's ways and live them out. Okay, so when God moves us into, a, into his kingdom, when he makes us brand new, we have this awesome opportunity to leave behind our old ways and now to, to take on his ways. The Bible says that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So his ways are higher than our ways, meaning his ways are better than our ways. Better for the world, better for your family, better for you. His ways are better. There is a better way to live, and that's God's way. And so we've got to get to know his ways, and that's why as a church we have values that guide us because we believe that they're God's ways. And so God's ways are things like humility, um, servanthood. Jesus came humbly to serve. That was his way, so it will become my way. His way is generosity. His way is that people matter more than anything else. So we've got to make sure that we follow his ways and that people matter to us more than anything else. And then thirdly, we've got to get to know his will and do it. We've got to get to know his will and we've got to do it. And thank thankfully, he doesn't keep his will a secret. He doesn't keep his will a secret from us, but we know what his, what his will is for our lives. We know that his will is that he wants to see lost people found. He wants to see people moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. He wants to see lost people saved, saved people serving. This is what the king of the kingdom wants. Guys, we get to build his kingdom. It is such a privilege. We don't want to take it for granted. It is such a privilege that we get to build God's kingdom with him. Why don't you stand to your feet? Maybe you're here today and you, you haven't started a personal relationship with the king. Today can be your day. This is the most significant moment in a person's life when you when you actually say you know what i'm going to make jesus the king of my life my savior and my king and it would be my privilege and my honor to lead you in a prayer this morning if you
you want to do that, if you want to make Jesus your king and say, I, I want to get to know the king. So if that's you, I, I just I want to ask us to close our eyes. And if that's you, if you want me to pray for you this morning, can I ask you to lift up your hand? God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? I want to make Jesus my king. So exciting that people are coming and saying, Jesus, I want to make you the king of my life, my savior. Anybody else before we pray? I want to make Jesus my king. You don't have to have it all together. Just take a step towards him. He'll meet you where you are. I want to make Jesus my king. Won't you all pray with me this morning? Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross, for giving your life for me. I give my life to you. Pray that you would forgive me. Pray that you would be my king and my savior. Thank you that you make me part of your kingdom today. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that Lord, people have, have prayed that prayer today and, and, and that they're speaking to you. And I thank you, Lord, that you take them from the kingdom of darkness and you put them in the kingdom of light, the kingdom of your dear son. And Lord, we just give you all the praise and we give you the glory for that, Lord. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, for, for all of us this morning. Lord, you would help us, Lord, to serve you as our king. That, Lord, we would make it all about you, Lord. That we would get to know you every day. That we would live for you. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's just take a moment just to, to be with God. Focus on him. Lord, we, we come before you this morning. And, Lord, we pray, Lord, that we would just be so aware of your presence in our lives. That you're with us all the time, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we can get to know you as our king, that we can get to know your ways and live them out, and that we can get to know your will and do it. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would bless us this morning, Lord, that, Lord, whoever is here this morning and, and, and you've planted a seed in their heart, uh, Lord, I pray that, that that seed would grow, Lord God. I pray that that seed would grow. Thank you, Lord, that you have an amazing plan that you have for our world, an amazing plan, greater than we can ask, think, or imagine. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would help us to sow seeds in your kingdom. That, Lord, we would, we would um, use our gifts, Lord, to, to serve you and to build your kingdom. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.